0: You're listening to the Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don Radio Network, RonandDon.com. Hey, you guys! Episode 113, the Ron and Don Show. It's very different today, and I think it needs to be different on the basis of what we see happening in America, in our community here in Seattle, and really what's happening uh, around the world. Episode 113, we are going to have a conversation with a friend of mine. His name is Ed Ewing, and uh, Ed is going to be the activist. He's a great cyclist. He works with the Cascade Bicycle Club. He started the Major Taylor Project. Those are 19 organizations in area schools. Instead of joining a gang, kids join a club. All different size, shapes, colors. And they build these bikes. They train. Ed trains them. And then hundreds of them ride Seattle to Portland. I had a chance to do that a year ago with these kids. And the kids I rode with, man, six of them, yeah, they were the one-day kids. And, oh, my gosh, I just... I grabbed those handlebars, and I hung on trying to hang with those kids. Really great athletes. Really a great organization. Ed is African-American. He's been an activist in this community for a long time, and he has a lot to say about what's going on. Also, his friend, Doc Wilson. Uh, Doc is a life coach, and he has a company called EngageNow.com. We'll tell you more about that coming up. But we did something on Terrestrial Radio a number of years ago called The Impossible Conversations, where we started to have these conversations with Ed and also with Doc. Uh, The terrestrial radio station didn't love them because they didn't get great numbers. So it's hard to sell. And as a result of those, those impossible conversations went away. Uh, We don't have to worry about that here. We have great sponsors like Les Schwab. In fact, uh, we have a Les Schwab. We're live from the Les Schwab studios and they're sponsoring today's show. So we really appreciate that. Don't go anywhere. Coming up, impossible conversations with Ed Ewing, with Doc Wilson. They have a lot to say about what's going on, and it's not enough to just empathize anymore or to listen. Maybe it's time to start doing, and they will share with you some things that we can start doing. Uh, this is for moms and dads only. This is not for kiddos. There's a few words in here where it gets a little, well, it's adult-oriented, So, uh, and we didn't bleep those words out because we want you to hear the passion uh, of these men and they have to share with us. So don't go anywhere. We are live from the Les Schwab Studios. We'll see you in two minutes with an impossible conversation. Episode number 113 right here on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Hey, you guys. It's Ron and Don for our good friends at Les Schwab. And guess what? They heard your plea. Now you got three. It's three episodes of the Ron and Don Show. Thanks to them. Every Monday, every Wednesday, every Thursday, live from the Les Schwab Studios. And get this. I know this from just owning some short-term rentals here in Seattle. A lot of folks this summer are not getting on airplanes. They are vacationing within the state of Washington, which means a lot of you are going to get in your cars, you're going to head to the river. A lot of you are going to get in your cars, you're going to head east of the mountains. Before you get in your car, stop by one of the 85 locations where Les Schwab serves you. But hang on, before you stop, make an appointment, right?
1: Yeah, go to leshschwab.com slash Ron and Don. It'll bring up a map. You can find the store nearest you. Here's the cool thing. Free safety check if you're in the Ron and Don Nation. They're going to look at your brakes. They're going to look at your battery. They're going to check the tires, the air pressure, signs of fluid leaks. Make sure you're all good to go when you hop back on the road. That is pretty cool. So schedule that online appointment, as Don said. Leshschwab.com slash Ron and Don. Schwab where doing the right thing matters.
2: Hey
0: everybody, it's the Ron and Don Show. Ronanddon.com Hey you guys, welcome back. It's episode 113 of the Ron and Don Show. Something we did on Terrestrial Radio a number of years ago is we invited uh, some friends from the community to come in and we wanted to start having these impossible conversations is what we call those, and a lot of it had to do with race. And, of course, that is a big conversation that the city of Seattle, the United States of America, and really the entire world is having right now as people have taken to the streets in protest. We've seen some riots break out. We've seen some police officers hurt. We've seen some rioters hurt. And we have also seen time after time after time black men killed on camera on camera at the hands of police officers and of course we saw this just last week in minneapolis minnesota joining us right now uh, ed ewing is a community activist and also he worked for the cascade bicycle club he's the founder of the major taylor project it's so cool you guys they build bikes they get on bikes Ed and all these kids, that ride to Portland every year. They do the Seattle to Portland. They won't do it this year, but I know they'll do it next year. And also, Doc Wilson is here. He's a life coach. If you want to check out his webpage and his website, it's EngageNow.com. That's I-N-G-A-J-Now.com. So, I should say, if you're listening to us, that Ed and Doc are African American. Ron and I are still a couple of crazy white boys uh doing a radio <laughs> show. so happy to have these guys today ed you and i were having a having a conversation about what we're seeing yesterday and let's just jump in right here uh what are you seeing right now in seattle what happened in minneapolis and are we at a tipping point right now in this country
2: uh you know uh, first thanks for continuing this conversation going um and and I hope that this conversation and conversations like these move to action um, rather than continue to talk. Um, I am a South Minneapolis native. I was born and raised in South Minneapolis. I grew up probably a mile away from where. George Floyd was murdered. I rode my, that's where I learned to ride my bike. It's, I rode with my dad to his job on my bike because my dad bike commuted to work every day that you can in Minneapolis through that neighborhood every day. So this for me is a tremendous tipping point. I see the demonstrations. um, And one part of me is not disappointed at all. The other part of me is sure. You don't want to see destruction. You don't want to see people injured um and stores can be rebuilt damage can be repaired insurance is there to cover Um, and those physical structures will be rebuilt the personal lives and those lives that are taken that's permanent the scars the social and emotional psychological and emotional Scars and physical scars that happened to the protesters and happened to black and brown people That's permanent So I'm not surprised I am I'm not surprised uh, This has been brewing in Minneapolis for for years And Minneapolis and Seattle are are very similar where you have the, you've heard of the Minnesota nice or the Seattle nice. It's true. And this stuff is there under the surface waiting to ignite at any given time. And it amazes me how, how people didn't see this coming, how people are, it amazes me at the amazement of people. At the level of frustration and anger that there is, you know, you see these posts on Facebook or, or Instagram or whatever, but people, I'm outraged. Or, I'm, 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 I'm shocked. Well, you haven't been paying attention, and that's either through ignorance, through choice, um, and it's 2020. There are many different sources through the internet or other where you can educate yourself if you choose to, if you choose to. So I I have no more hall passes. I have no more Fs to give when it comes to people who are not informing themselves of this. And take the, if you have no people of color in your friends group, then that's to me a, a huge, red flag and you need to step up and I have no more patience for the person who refuses to do that or or refuses to make themselves uncomfortable to have these types of conversations and not to just talk about it but to put it in action I have no more patience for that
1: all right he's Ed Ewing it's the Ron and Don show Uh, Doc Wilson also joins us Doc, tell us where you're at. What are the, the colors of emotion that are going through your person in these last couple of days?
3: Uh, thanks guys, and I, I appreciate you having me on. I appreciate uh, Ed's thoughts and feelings, and I'm, I'm with you, brother. Uh, I'm gonna take a different uh, uh, approach. I'm, 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 I'm pissed, I'm, I'm hot, and I'm angry. And the, the challenge is, I've been angry for a long time because I've been black for 52 years right? So Ed talks about uh, these people educating themselves and being curious about what they can do. Uh, here, here's the thing. White people have felt uncomfortable for 10 days. Black folks have been oppressed for 400 years, right? So uh, on my uh, social media platforms, I see all of this Black Lives Matter and you know, all, all of this, this imagery of representing uh, peace and justice. But it, the, the reason nothing has happened is because for, for white people, Black Lives Matter until that effort compromises their ability to go to a soul cycle class or you know, interrupt their avocado toast, white wine spritzer brunch. It's, it's time out for that. You know, we have the civil rights. Uh, uh, the civil rights act was signed fifty-four years ago. Fifty-four, two years before I was born, and here we are. It, it's time out for waiting. No, no more waiting. We need, we need something right now. Here's, here's another challenge, and this is what you get for giving me the mic. I live downtown, so I have a front row view of what's going on. And before Jenny Durkin came out the other day and said, these are all white men out here tearing up things and destroying things, I have a front row view of young white men running past my apartment with arms full of clothes, arms full of merchandise that they illegally procured for some business downtown. But what do we hear? How do we hear that represented in the media? These are thugs and hooligans and all of these dog whistle terms that mean black people. Fuck that man it's time out for that let's let's represent represent the situation for what it is it is a, a a challenging situation for all of us and it's time out it's time for us to stand up and do something so i understand that we have uh this significant outpouring of compassion but that's not going to change anything we need some people to act so when I hear uh, people at Target and Nordstrom saying, oh my God, they looted our, our stores and this is awful. You've been looting our, our shit for 400 years. We feel looted. So this is just, it's, it's, it's nonsense and it's time out for, it. I don't have any more patience. I'm not waiting anymore. And let me, so since I'm on the, uh, I'm on the topic of what can we do? this is what i'm looking for this is this is diversity in action this is this is what i believe this whole thing is about it's about three things that that i want and that i believe is the wanting of black people all around this nation one is economic reform that's number one any company getting government assistance through tax breaks loans or grants must have diverse representation on their boards in leadership roles and with hiring authority That is going to solve a lot of problems. So we have these organizations, Microsoft and Amazon alike, and they implement these diversity and inclusion programs. And I assume that something is happening about it, but it's not reaching the people. I don't know what that means, right? So if we put people in hiring positions who look like us and can represent us to the board who are making decisions for these companies, in advancing our aims. The second thing that we need, that we need action around, is public health and health care reform. Most people get their health care through their employer, correct? So if we have representation of disenfranchised and underrepresented people on the board and in these leadership positions, that will help take care of some of this health care reform. The second thing I'm I'm supportive of is universal health care. Universal healthcare would position everyone to have a livelihood and a life that is healthy and fulfilling. And we can go out and do the things that we want to do. And the final thing, and there are more, but I, I just want to mention these three, criminal justice reform. That is as mm-hmm. simple as it can be. Stop killing Black folks. Hold judges and law enforcement accountable penalize those institutions with racially disproportionate disproportionate arrest and conviction records let's keep them all accountable economic reform public health care reform public health and health care reform and criminal justice reform i'm tired and what i really want i don't want these these demonstrations and protests to stop maybe it's a good thing that white people were uncomfortable maybe it's a good thing that they're reaching out to black people and asking them how it, how it uh, what they can do to support and how they can help. So step up and help. You have the power, and you've known for I don't I don't know how long that you 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 will this power, you have this privilege, but you've done nothing. You've sat idly by and you've been quiet. So now th- this is what you get. I mean, what did you expect? Ed, Ed alluded to this earlier. What did you expect? You continue to say okay black people just be quiet your time is going to come fuck that time out for that let's do it now i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna add one more thing uh po- politicians and in particular the democratic party has taken the black vote for granted for way too long way too long our vote is valuable we want something i want some guarantees for my vote I want politicians who come to me or come to my church or come to our communities and say, oh, vote for me. What are you going to do? We want some guarantees. We want something in writing. What are you going to do? You have all of this. You, You create these opportunity zones for black people, these few opportunity zones. But white people have opportunity, period. There's no fucking zone. The United States is their zone. Let's do what's right. We know what's right. We have the power to do it. Let's make it happen right now, today. I'm tired of waiting.
1: He's Doc Wilson. It's Ron and Don Show. Ed, uh, back to you, Ed Ewing. Um, I just dealt with this in the last 24 hours. A friend very close to me is like, I don't know what to say. I have a black friend. One of my best friends is black. What do I say? And I said, I don't know. Like, just She's like, how do I help? And I said, maybe just start by saying, I see you and I want to listen. I, I don't know. There's a lot of people that say, oh, I, I put the black image on my Instagram or I did a hashtag of Black Lives Matter um, because we're uncomfortable, as, as Doc just said. What's a practical thing we could do? And, and what I did, which seems super insignificant, I had a book to buy. I went online. I found a black-owned bookstore and I bought the book from a Black-owned bookstore. I don't know if that helps. I don't know if that's a token gesture. I don't know if that's good or bad, but that's one
2: small thing that I did. <clears throat> did you read it?
1: I haven't got it yet, because I just okay.
3: did the yesterday.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, you know, my, 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 my comeback to friends, and I probably received that question 25 times in the last three days, is what do you think you should do? what do you think you should do answer that question for yourself and come with some ideas struggle with it wrestle with it you have you have the resources and the wherewithal to figure this out as doc said it's not like this shit is new it's not like this has just popped up because it's just being filmed you know it's not like this is new so educate yourself, wrestle with that, come with some ideas and come with inquiry and come committed to act. There's this thing that's been, that's really been kind of chewing at me for the past couple of days. days. Um, and it started with the brother that was killed in Atlanta. When people were posting about, um, I'm going to go out and run 2.48 miles or whatever. And, um, I'm going to lace up and go run today. Great. So what's happened since then? Four other brothers and sisters have been killed. So how did that work for you? Is that for you or are you doing that for me? Because it seems like you're doing it more for you. And then when you do it, don't post it. Just do it. Because Doc and I and other brothers and sisters around here, we do it day in and day out. We don't have to fill our Facebook page with shit about accomplishments, what I, hey, you know what? I made it home today alive. Maybe we should be posting about that. You know, it's there's this thing somebody posted today about, it was called performative allied ship, where we get in the habit of of posting these things or blacking out your screen and posting Black Lives Matter. And then the next day, you're posting about some casserole you made <laughs> or, or avocado toast, you know? Or what I'm also sick of, is people who are posting about their white privilege. They're acknowledging their white privilege online and saying, I'm a white male. I can do this. I can do that. I can do this. Cut and paste this if you can do it. That does nothing for me. That does nothing. All that does is, is a humble brag about how privileged you are. That's all it is. Don't do that. Just just internalize that stuff. Do your homework. Do your own work. Come up with some ideas. Look in, look in areas and in, with your life where you have these huge blind spots. Again, do you have any friends of color? If not, big red flag. Do your work. Come with some ideas. And be. And if you are afraid to ask a friend of color these questions, well, be afraid. Good. Because that's what we deal with every freaking day. How do you think it, I feel when I walk into a board member and into a, into a board room and, and I'm the only one of color? That all this old white money sitting around the table. And they'll look at me like, what the hell are you doing here? Think about how I feel. Think about how I feel every time I throw a leg over my bike and go outside. Not only do I have to worry about traffic, i got to worry about some redneck who might run me off the road. So stop doing that shit. Stop posting about your privilege because it does nothing for me. All that is is to to appease your own own, uh, 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 guilt or your own whatever that is, to show how down, how woke you are. That's bullshit. So again, do your work. Be uncomfortable. Ask yourself, what do you think you should do? Write that down. Do whatever you need to do. Internalize it. Then approach your friend, your friend of color, and ask the question. And be prepared for a straight answer. And don't get hurt. Don't get offended. And don't post about it. Don't post that you talked to your black friend today. Don't post about that. Just do it. Hey, Ed, we, we were talking a couple days ago. Uh, and then I got
0: a phone call from a friend of mine who owns a boutique in Kirkland and she was there boarding up the doors. They had a friend that was standing outside with the AR 15 because it's open carry in Washington state. Uh, they got all their gear out because they thought the boutique was going to be ransacked. Uh, we saw some things in Bellevue. Things were boarded up and these friends of mine were terrorized. And what I told her, and she didn't take this very well, is I said, when I lived in South Central Los Angeles when I was 19 years old, think about growing up there and you're a kid and you're 10 years old, and the sheriff's helicopter isn't just flying over every night, it's flying over every hour with spotlights and gunfire and people being chased and sirens and horns and people being tackled. I said, this is what it felt like for the year that I lived in South Central Los Angeles, but I was able to leave South Central Los Angeles. A lot of people can't leave South Central Los Angeles. Talk a little bit about what people are feeling in Bellevue and in Kirkland right now as they're, they're boarding up
2: those windows. Is that for Ed? That's I, for Ed. I don't, honestly, yeah. yeah, honestly, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what they're feeling. I know what they're showing. <laughs> I know what they're showing. They're 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 showing for the first time they've been actually scared in 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 their life, um, and I think, you know, boarding up your windows that's one thing. Sure, you want to protect your business that sort of thing, but having somebody stand outside your building your business with an AR fifteen, that's just ridiculous. That is that's that's like some apocalypse type of shit. That's that's ridiculous. Um, I saw this. Um, um this clip that King Five was playing the other night. I think it was on Saturday or Sunday, and, and a helicopter uh flew over Snohomish because there was some rumor that um, um some some stuff was going to go down in Snohomish. And they are panning over this this smallish crowd that that congregated in the middle of Snohomish like in the main the main drag there. And there's people standing out with outside with Air 15s and and, and and jacketed up and whatnot. And they flew over this truck that had a a gun in the bed and an American flag and a Confederate flag. And they panned right away from it. Hmm. And I was like, that's that's the stuff that we should be talking about. You know, hmm. all that all that is is grandstanding and flexing. And, and people are, who are, who are, who think their freedoms, quote unquote, freedoms are going to be taken away from them or their business is going to be damaged. But, you know, you use your words. You don't need a, 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 a gun, uh, an AR 15 out there to protect your, to pack, protect your store. That is just, that's ridiculous
3: and, and cowardice. Doc. Um, I, you know, you're establishing you're establishing a precedent. If you have a gun, your gonna your neighbor's gonna see you having a gun, and they're going to uh, they're going to arm up as well. I, 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 I don't know what to tell you about that, man. But I I know that. Um, imagine imagine Don. You were talking about being. I think you said you were ten years old in uh, South LA, mm-hmm. or, or something like that. Okay, ten years old. Imagine being 10 years old and every day for the rest of your life, uh, the powers that be tell you, if you just work hard and you, you keep your head down and you focus, you can have this. You will succeed every day. And now you're 40 every day. And now you're 50 every day. And it never comes. Black and brown people have been excluded from the American dream experiment. We can't even window shop. Right? If we're standing outside the window, we'll get shot for the American dream. So the American dream is not for us. Right? We're now going to take our American dream. We've been trying to collaborate and coordinate with the powers that be and say, we've done everything you say. Where is ours? Time out for that, man. And I know you asked me about arming up, but we're armed. We're, we're armed with our frustrations. And we're saying, you've been leaving us out of this experiment for so long. Time out. Your plan doesn't work. We're making a new plan. We're making a new plan. And we're arming ourselves with with, uh, our Black businesses. We're starting our own Black businesses. So, Ron, you asked, uh, you know, what can white people do? Support a Black business. No one's asking you not to go to Whole Foods or Amazon or wherever and get that. But take a percentage of that that you were going to give to these organizations that don't need your money. Amazon is on on pace to be a trillion-dollar company. Mm -hmm. Take that money, give it to these people, these black and brown people who are who are also trying to start and build their empire. Do that. They make quality products. They give quality services. Give it to them. That's one of the things you can do. But this whole uh, arming up, I'm telling you, that's I I don't even want to say that's a slippery slope because that is that is going to give people a pass to start doing some really, really foul stuff, and the oppressed are going to say, okay, well, now we have to arm up. And uh, here we go. Doc
1: Wilson. Uh, Ed Ewing joins us here on the Ron and Don Show. One bumper sticker refrain I keep getting over and over, and, and each of you guys, whoever wants to answer this, is a version of, well, the looting doesn't help. Like, why? And it's a version of stay in your lane or stay in your place. But each of you, give us a window into the fury into the reason why uh, someone might want to march and then break a window or, or what have you. Uh, I, I think that there's a reason why that happens. And if we stop and listen for a second, maybe it would make sense to us.
3: Um, you, I, I was just talking about this experience, this American dream experiment isn't for us. So you have, your, you have your business, your storefront with a large glass with all of this awesomeness inside and you're saying, this isn't for you, right? This, is, this isn't for you. This is for the other people. This is for the people who look like us. And we, uh, people are getting angry. I can't speak for everyone out there. But I know if I, again, if you continue to tell me, work hard, work hard, just keep your head down, work hard and focus. And I see other people who don't necessarily have to work hard and they're getting the spoils and you keep telling me to work hard, time out for that, man. Time out for that. I am not condoning going out breaking windows, but at some point, at some point, any human would just lose it and say, this is bullshit. I have to wake up to this and I'm angry. And if my arm flexes back and wrenches forward with a a rock in it and let it fly and it catches a window, I'm sorry. but That's what it is. What did you think was going to happen? What did you think was going to happen did you think all the good black people were just going to sit down and be quiet and go to church on sunday and then go home fuck that i don't even go to church no more we can start we can, start. <laughs> we can go down a whole nother road about that whole situation but man, look it, people are pissed people are stop dangling the fruits in our faces and then feeding it to other people. For far too long, we've been getting the crumbs that fall from the table. We want to sit at the table. And since you won't let us sit at your table, we're gonna take our table. And that's what this is. We're taking our table. Take it. So don't get mad. Don't get mad. We wanted to partner with you. I'm fifty-two. I've been wanting to partner for fifty-two years. I keep getting I started my business. One reason I kept getting passed over from like, how's does this white dude getting this job? And I'm, I know that I'm more qualified for this person. I don't have the proof of that, but it just seems suspicious that there's a pattern of that over and over again. So I started, I started this, this coaching practice, this coaching business to educate people and recruit those who want to advance positive change, no matter what your color is, to be, to have a healthy relationship with your reality and go out there and act on that reality. Act on that reality. This isn't a fantasy world. We really want to do, we want to engage positive change. I'm going all off, man, but I'm, I'm just thinking about and, and, and I know there are people down there who just, who sit at home at night and say, we're going to hijack this, this protest, this demonstration. We're going to break some windows and steal some things. But yeah, man, I, people are fed up. Black and brown people are just done. Done.
1: Dad, anything you want to add to the, the fury?
2: Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't condone, you know, breaking windows, looting. And I also can, and I understand it. I can understand it. Um, And um, yeah, I can certainly understand it. You know, I I know that what, you know, how I was raised in the environment in which I was raised. My parents sacrificed dearly to put my brother and I through private schools, dearly to teach my brother how to, Dearly, how to teach my brother how to play golf dearly to help me buy my first racing bike and they also told us that you have to learn how to navigate understand thrive and be effective in from within can't do much for you if you're behind bars but you have to figure out how to navigate this shit from within and it is shit i don't know what it's like to throw a a brick or a rock through a window but i do know what it's like to stand toe to toe with someone be it a white male or a white woman who is threatened by me because of my education because of my looks because of my position, because of my community, because of what I've accomplished in my life, and also because of where I'm going and the clear mission and vision that I have and the other people who support that. I do what it's, know what it's like. And to me, that is my brick through the window. My brick through the window is to see them turn so many different shades of red that they can't stand the sight of me to where they do something stupid. And that's when you have them. That's, that's my brick. I don't know what it's like to throw a brick through a window. I don't condone that. And I can certainly understand it. One of the things that uh, I
0: learned when we talked on Terrestrial Radio a number of years ago, um, I'm just, I'm just going to read this. I have a scoreboard of my relationship with cops. So I'm gonna read this scoreboard to you and I just want to get your reaction because we're we're all basically guys in our fifties.
1: Not till next month, O'Neal. Give me one more month.
0: <laughs> Here's my scoreboard, anyway, all right? This is the Don O'Neill scoreboard. <laughs> and then I just want to get your reaction. Times I've been arrested in my fifty three years, zero. Times I've been placed in handcuffs by an officer in my life, zero. Times I've been followed by security in a store that I know of, zero. Times I've been pulled over in the last 20 years, two. Tickets I received in the last 20 years, zero. How many cops' phone numbers do I have in my cell phone? 23. Cops I would consider to be dear friends, seven. Two are black, one's Asian, two are women. How many fallen officers I've helped raise money for? 17. Times I have feared for my life because I thought a cop was going to harm me? Zero. How many times I've broken the law where I could have been ticketed or arrested? Hundreds. Hundreds. And what's your reaction to that?
2: That's an impressive list. Um, you know, I I I have a lot of friends in law enforcement, um, and um, the majority of the law enforcement are black, and you know, I I I think of them. Um, a friend of mine that I went to high school with is the uh, assistant fire chief in Minneapolis. I think of him. Um, and I think of, you know, all of them without a badge they can be pulled over. Without some sort of ID they can be pulled over. Um, they're just as subject to this as we are, as as Doc and I are, That 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 once that badge comes off, you know, um, so I mean, I, yeah, pulled over. I MRL stopped in Minneapolis once for not having a trash bag in my car. Trash bag. Um, riding my bike through neighborhoods, people stopping me like, "What are you doing here? Do you live around here?" That's happened to me on Mercer Island. So, you know, yeah, that's an impressive list. Um, <laughs> mine's a little different. Um, yeah, I don't know, Doc, <laughs> what do you think? I thought it might be, that's why I asked, Doc? Yeah,
0: uh,
3: my, my list is the opposite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and uh, that's all I'm gonna say about that. I'll add one more. Uh, I was uh, walking down the street with a, a human, who happens to be white and very close to me and uh we're, now we're in a pandemic still people forget that right and as we're walking down the street this woman crossed the street and walked around us and that made her feel weird and i just looked at her and just had this my smile had everything in it that's i didn't have to say a word uh, my smile meant now you know what we feel now mm-hmm. you know what go through every day. You talked about going into a store. We get that every day. Every day. That's yeah, what it this, is, man. I, this social it, distancing,
2: it, it, it's, it's been, I've talked about this with Doc and a couple other brothers. This social distancing is strangely familiar. Strangely yeah. familiar. I'm used to people walking across the street. I'm used to people not getting in elevators with me. I'm used yep. to people clutching their purse when they walk by me. I'm used to that. As fucked up as that is, I'm used to it. So the social distancing doesn't mean it doesn't make that it's not that it's not that unfamiliar. What is different though is that and this is I think unique to Seattle because in Seattle when you pass by a street there's no eye contact, there's no there's no acknowledgement, no nothing. And what I have noticed now is that when you walk down the street and somebody like social distance, when I walk down the street I see people um kind of overly acknowledging that this is because of COVID.
3: Oh, yeah. Okay. The racial overcompensation. Right, right. You, you know, uh, I, I, I like, think one of the things that could address this and I'll go back to, uh, uh, Don, you, you guys may remember this. I'll go back to when we did the, the radio broadcast and one of the staff members, a, a woman, and I can't remember her name, She came in and said she was colorblind, and I cringed because of that. One of the reasons I cringe, because I'm actually colorblind, and I kind of felt offended, like, but I want to see color, and I can't. And I hear white people say that all the time, and I recently just started saying, that's your problem, that you are colorblind. You're trying to pretend that I'm not what I am. I'm a black man. I'm proud of it. If I had the opportunity, whoever brought us all together as humans came to me and said, Doc, I'm going to give you the opportunity to come back as anything you want. Black man, white man, dog, cat, whatever. I will say, make me a black man. In fact, leave me in the oven a little longer. I want to be a little darker. I think we should better appreciate Color, that is the problem with this colorblind nonsense. That's nonsense, man. We should be able to appreciate our differences and whether or not we agree, we just respect that you look, you're look you taller than I am or shorter than I am or bigger or darker or lighter. Come on, time out for this colorblind nonsense. That, if we address that, that will start to alleviate some of this, this challenge. We also talked about this awkwardness that white people feel. I want white people to continue to feel awkward. Keep feeling awkward. Keep feeling uncomfortable. Maybe some change will come out of that. All of the years that I've been living, uh, they've been—you know—white people I know have been feeling uncomfortable because they didn't have to feel awkward or uncomfortable. Keep feeling. Let's see the results of this experiment. Let's see the results of this awkward experiment. This uncomfortable experiment.
0: Yeah. Ed, my final uh, question for you: the way that I used to kind of deal with all this is I would say I'm listening. What I'm learning is listening is no longer enough. Uh, If you weren't listening, it's time to listen. In our final four minutes here, and you take a couple here and Doc take a couple because I know Doc, Doc has to go. For those of us that are listening, and I just look at the demographics of this podcast, it's mostly women, they're mostly white, and they're mostly on the other side of 40. We are listening, but I think it's time to start doing too. And to your point, we need to figure out what those things are for ourselves. We need to be able to sit in these things, the things that you guys have been sitting in for 52 and 53 years. We've sat in it for a couple of days and we're uncomfortable with that when we turn on our TV mm-hmm. screens and we, we want that to go away. Yeah. And maybe maybe if we listen or do something, it goes away, and then we're back to our old lives. And, and and I think the point of what we're hearing today is there's no turning back. So talk to us a little bit about listening, about doing, about not turning back. And uh, if this is a tipping point, let's tip. If movements move,
2: let's move. Um, your thoughts? I said, to, to your demographic, you said that your demographic is mainly white women?
0: It's sixty percent, yeah, sixty percent white women uh, on the other side of forty, mostly.
2: Got it. I'd say number one, don't be that woman in Central Park. Hmm. Do not be that white woman in Central Park who's going to use the police and as a weapon against black men. That's number one. Number two, ask yourself, are you that person? Ask yourself, are you that person? And be honest. Be honest. Look, look in your circle and your group of friends, you know, are what's your diversity? Like, are you posting things more for yourself because you're trying to prove that you're down or you're woke or are you doing stuff? 300, the other 364 days a week, you know? And the number two is, you know, the, the listening. Yeah. And act, do something, change yourself, change your life, do something. Do something, commit to something every day, change your life. And when you get uncomfortable, you're in sync. And always remember that you can unplug from that. You have that choice. When you start to unplug, plug back in. Tape up, put the mouth guard in, put the helmet on, get back in. Because it's not a one day, one post, one hashtag thing. This is a continuation, a life journey.
3: Doc? Um, uh, I think white people should speak up. If you're in a group of other white people and they're making racist jokes or they say something that's that's this not right, speak up and question them. Make them feel uncomfortable. Understand that your uncomfort makes the advances change. So speak up. Uh, express some empathy. If you're starting to, de- if you're engaging with uh, someone uh, black or brown or from an un- underrepresented population. Right before you engage, ask yourself: Would I do this if this was a white person? Is this the way I would behave if this person was white? And the last thing, again, is a reiteration of what I said earlier: Support black business. Support black business. Black people don't want handouts. No. We just, we just want a seat at the table. We want equity, and that has been taken from us for so long. It's time out for it. We're going our own way. Support black business. There's plenty of them out there. You're you're. Listening someone who owns Black And I
2: don't need your virtual oh, hug yeah. either.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, one more thing, uh, Ron and Don, and appreciate this. So, uh, uh, Ed and I are organizing, it's, it's being loosely organized, but it's coming together a peace peloton. And it'll start on Saturday. Saturday at 12 o'clock, we're going to ride from uh, Alkai. We're going to ride through down to the city, and we're going to connect with some other organizations, and we're going to show up and support. And we're going to make some changes, and we're going to do some things. So 12 noon, uh, Alki Park, uh, be on a bicycle, peaceful Peloton ride. Let's get together and make some change. Thank you,
2: brothers. Can I, co- can I come ride with you guys? Yeah, yes. Just don't, don't, bring don't, don't, don't bring any avocado toast.
3: White, white people yeah. are welcome.
0: <laughs> I, I don't know. Last time I rode at the Major Taylor project, all the kids called me the relic and they're like, hey, old man, where did you get where did you
3: get that 30-year-old bike? And I'm man, like man, you gotta own it. I'll, I'll send you guys yeah. some more information as I bring it together in the next couple of days.
0: I would love to come ride with you. Uh, he is Doc Wilson. He's a life coach. If you need one, wouldn't he be a great one? Engagenow.com. Engage is spelled I-N-G-A-J Now dot com. We'll have that in the show notes. He's at Ewing community activists. He has worked for a long time with cascade bicycle club, the founder of the major Taylor project. And these kids go out and they build these bikes. They jump on them. they drive. they ride all the way to Seattle, Portland. And these kids are tough to keep up with man. They can pedal those bikes. So look out, trying to hang with them. So if you're looking for an opportunity to volunteer, the major Taylor project, you guys is pretty awesome. So we appreciate, uh, you guys for stopping by, we appreciate these impossible conversations uh, let's continue to have these impossible conversations and uh, right and I think it was I think it was a good conversation today thank you
2: yep absolutely You're welcome Ed doc
0: thank you gratitude
2: that
1: Hey, Ron and Don here for Les Schwab. They've been such a great sponsor uh, for the Ron and Don Show, and they're such a great part of the community. This is a perfect example. Many of us have not been driving our cars because we've been self-quarantining, and now you're like, okay, maybe I am going to drive. Maybe my office is opening back up. Maybe I'm going to go on a road trip. And if your car is sat for a long time, you need to get it checked out. How's the battery doing? How are your fluids? How's the brakes? Now that it's been sitting in the driveway of the garage for weeks and weeks and weeks, Don? something very cool is going on right now at Les Schwab.
0: Yeah, stop by any Les Schwab tire location. In fact, you know what? Before you stop by, go to leschwab.com. They have 85 locations to serve you. Make an appointment online. That way you're not waiting because you can't wait in a waiting room anymore, you guys, and we don't want you sitting out in the car. So go to leschwab.com. Make an appointment today. Get a free pre-trip safety check. They're going to check everything before you hit the road. Really important. How much does it cost? Other guys, hundreds of dollars. Les Schwab, zero. Absolutely nothing. Just tell him Ron and Don sent you. All right? Les Schwab reminding you that doing the right thing, especially right now, you know it matters. Hey, it's G-Force Neil. Thanks for listening to my dad and his boyhood friend, Mr. Ron. Are you guys? That's the impossible conversation with Ed Ewing, Doc Wilson, uh, Ron. As we close here, kind of your take.
1: Um, I guess I got permission to be uncomfortable. I I, I am uncomfortable around this. I try to not be the the caricature of the middle aged white woke guy, and then meanwhile, every person of color cringes when they listen to me or when they see my posts on social media. So I'm trying to avoid being that guy and I'm going to try to lean in to being uncomfortable and just saying that. I I think the people of color that I know and am friends with, if I just say, I'm uncomfortable right now, uh, I want to do better, help me out that that will go a long way. And then the other thing is uh, what Doc said. It's easy for me to buy stuff from black-owned businesses. So I don't always have to buy everything from Amazon. I can take an extra 90 seconds, search for a black-owned business, and then when I know I'm going to be buying something, uh, give that business to someone that has a, uh, a business that is owned by a person of color. That's a really easy thing for me to do, and I've done it once. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to commit here on The Ron Don Show to doing that more.
0: Yeah. I think for me, it's what we talked about in Episode one, 111 and 112, Proximity. Do you have a black friend in your life, and then people use the word token. That's a token black friend. In other words, I have one because you're supposed to have one. so That way, I appear to be woke, right? That's not a friend. That's not a relationship. You're not learning. Proximity. I try to place myself in the proximity of people that don't look like me, and it makes me uncomfortable. And you know what I try to do? I try to fix it. And what I heard today is, hey, just sit in this with us. Just sit in it. See what it feels like. That's hard. You got a partner at home who is suffering from depression, let's say. You want to fix it. And maybe they just want you to sit in it a little bit so you can understand what they're feeling. I think our community right now, and specifically the black and brown community, they want us to sit in this and to feel this, to see what it's like. Because they've been sitting in it for their entire lives. So... I think there's a real opportunity there And I see some real hope too So thanks to Ed and Doc for stopping by Thanks to Les Schwab for sponsoring today's show Thank you guys for listening We appreciate you This is all brought to you by Les Schwab Ron and Don, licensed brokers at Windermere When you're ready to sit down Just reach out to Ron at ron at com. Keep your head up Keep your shoulders back Keep listening Keep healing Keep changing Keep doing We'll see you next time for episode 114 only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Keep your head up and your shoulders back, and we'll see you next time on the Ron and Don Radio Network.